Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Uh, every now and then, I just remind you, uh, pass the word about this time together. <clears throat> That's the primary way that people find out is that someone tells them about it. And so maybe it's something that you can sit down with somebody and sort of walk them through on their computer or their tablet or their phone or whatever. And then actually discuss the things because all we do in this time together, and you know this if you've been with us for a while, is that we uh, search out the truths of the Word of God and we just look at it and say, Lord, what does this mean to us uh, right now for today? We're in the book of Second Peter right now, Second uh, Peter, the first chapter, and we're down to verse 10. And verse 10 begins with the word, therefore. And so, you know, there's certain words that you see all through the Scripture that arrest your attention when you get to them. And therefore is one of them. Because uh, the old adage is that whenever you see a therefore, look to see what it is there for. Uh, not very good grammar, but uh, the truth is there nonetheless. It's a point of conclusion. And he's saying this, therefore, in light of everything that he's just said. Well, what has he just said? And if you remember, he had greeted them. And then he told them about the, how the uh, divine power of the Most High God has been granted to us. The divine power related to everything pertaining to life and godliness. Remember that? And the true knowledge of him who's called us and that he has granted to us and uh, these magnificent and these precious promises, I believe was the word that was there in verse 4, that we may do something. And that was to become partakers of the divine nature. So you see that divine power has been granted to us, that we are partakers now of the divine nature. And so he reached a little point of conclusion in verse 5. He said, for this reason, because of that, we're to do some things. We're to be diligent. We're to uh, have faith. We're to have moral excellence. We're to have the knowledge of the Lord. We're to have self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. And then he said, if these qualities are yours, if all these things are yours, and if they are increasing, then you're going to be very, very useful for the kingdom of God. You're going to be very fruitful for the kingdom of God. But the one who lacks these qualities is short-sighted and has forgotten his purification from his former sins. So it tells us that the ones that have forgotten these things or lack these things, that they were truly saved because it says they're purified of their sins. And so believers can uh, stumble and walk blindly and short-sighted. So therefore, that's where we are now in verse 10, therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent. Okay, that's the second time he's encouraged us with that. Be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. Now, he doesn't say this to instill fear within them. He doesn't say this to instill doubt within them. He is saying this to them and to us, to where we can be certain about the calling, that we can be certain about the choosing. Uh, Paul expressed it another way to the church in the Corinth, uh, Second Corinthians. He said, see to it. You know, be, make sure, examine yourself that you be of the faith. Okay? Examine yourself to see that. Because there's a lot of people who have uh, said things with words and have made professions, but they're false professions. They're not true professions because they really haven't been changed and transformed. They've gone through and said some mantra. Out of my background, they would have walked down some aisle and said, yeah, I want to do this. I feel sort of emotional right now. And uh, they filled out a card. They might have even been baptized, but they didn't, weren't really baptized. They just got wet. 
And then they might have been active in the church and all the religious activities and things like that, but they weren't really saved and transformed. So he says this. He says, you be diligent and you make certain about his calling and his choosing of you. Notice how the Lord has called and the Lord has chosen. You know, these are big debates within the body of Christ and have been for centuries now. It's nothing new. And it sort of has an ebb and flow to it. It'll rise again, then it'll die down and it'll rise again about this calling, about this choosing, about selecting selecting about election about predestination all you have to do is simply look at the word of god and you find out that in chapter after chapter in book after book things like this right here said that the lord calls and the lord chooses so he's telling us to be diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you for as long as you practice these things you will never stumble. Well, what things? Well, the things that he had listed before about self-control and knowledge, perseverance, godliness, that kind of thing. If you practice these things, and the idea behind this is what you see in John, in his writers in 1 John, that your pattern and practice of behavior is in this direction. This is what you do as the standard in the way that you live your life. You're not doing this in the flesh. That's the evidence that you are called, that you are chosen, that you're practicing these things. And if you practice these things, you will, notice this, never stumble. Never stumble. You know, a lot of times people, you know, I sort of push on this because I hear it a lot, uh, where people say, well, yeah, I'm saved. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm always going to sin. That's not what the Scripture says. Right here it says, if you practice these things, you will not stumble. And we say, well, how do you do that? Obviously, you can't do it in the flesh. You do it in the Spirit, and you do it by what we see in John 15, that you abide in the Lord. When you abide in Him, you will not stumble. Uh, It hit me several years ago that perhaps a good definition of sin for the believer is stepping outside the abiding of the Lord. If we abide with Him and practice these things, we will never stumble. Then verse 11, last verse for today. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. That's an interesting phrase there from a timing perspective, if nothing else. Notice how the interest will be abundantly supplied to you. A lot of times people think uh, our salvation is just a particular event in the past. And there is past, present, and future elements to salvation. There was a point in time somewhere along the way, if you're truly saved, where you said, Lord, I believe. And it's at that moment in time that you were saved, and God reckoned unto you as righteousness. Okay? You were saved. But our salvation continues on. And we were saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved abundantly, according to this right here, as long as we are in this way. For in this way, what is this way? This way is practicing these things. This way is being diligent to make sure that we abide in Him, to make sure that His calling and choosing of you. Not, again, to the point of view to instill fear and doubt upon us, but really it instills wonder. And just marveling at the glory and the grace of God for what he's done for us. So let me read these two verses, which are all one sentence one more time, okay? It says, therefore, brethren. And notice he's saying brethren. He's talking to the believers. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. Isn't that exciting that there is an entrance and that we're on that path and that entrance into the eternal kingdom? 
the eternal kingdom. I had somebody ask the other day, well, what is the kingdom? You know, they were going through all these things, trying to wax eloquent about what the word means by definition and what it means within, uh, uh, you know, God and the Lord Jesus. And they totally missed the whole point all the way through. They never got to what the bottom line is. The bottom line is this. The kingdom is the king's domain. The king's domain. And when you look at the king's domain, it is amazing. Not only what's going to be in the future, but what we have now. Because we are kingdom creatures, even at this moment. Well, I'm Dale. Thank you so much. Pass the word about these times. I'll see you again later. Goodbye.